0: Our scripture is from Matthew 9 uh, from verses 35 to 38. I'll read from English service English Standard Version, sorry. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had, a, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mike. Hey, church. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, can we just take a moment and uh, rise to your feet, look around you, um, you know, greet each other. It'd be awesome, actually, if there's someone that you don't recognize, that you don't know, if you can get a name today, you know, meet someone here in the community. And I also encourage you, after service, to, again, reconnect with people that you, that you meet today. Good afternoon. Um, so Pastor Sangmin was uh, supposed to preach today, but uh, COVID got, got his family. Um, his oldest daughter uh, tested positive uh, over the weekend. Um, and she, has, she has light, some light symptoms. Um, so, they're, you know, the family is quarantining at home together. Um, so let's lift them up in prayer. I'm sure more and more, more of us are getting closer and closer, right, to, to people who, I mean, either you yourselves have been infected or, or people kind of in your immediate circles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's pray for them. Um, and uh, so today, so I get to share... Um, and today's going to be a little bit different. Um, we we do have like a word to share a little bit, but there's other things that we have actually prepared for today, anyways. Um, but uh, let me kind of recap. So last week, if you guys remember, was the, the final Sunday of our New Year 2022 uh, theme of awe, the awe of God. Uh, and last week, Pastor Sangmin wrapped it up with um, uh, with church, right? And so uh, we, we saw last week that a major part of restoring our awe of God involves also restoring and reimagining what it means to be members of the local body, that is the body of Christ. And for us here, that's King's Cross Church, right? And Pastor Sangmin's, <laughs> Pastor Sangmin's three points uh, they, were, they were razor sharp. I don't know if, that, if you felt that way, but man, I was, just three things about the Jesus community I just felt were razor sharp. Number one was Christian community is not for the individual, but it's for the body. Point two was Christian community exists not for consumption, but for communion. And number three, Christian community exists not for our satisfaction, but our sanctification. Because remember, you know, individual. Like, I mean, we we all, you know, you 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 might you yourself might have a particular vision or dream of what the church should be, what it should look like. And you and you, and everybody certainly has their own gifts and passions that they bring here. Um, but you know, we are here together because of what Jesus has done, right? that Jesus gave his life for us, that we also could give our lives for each other. So the church exists not for the individual, but for the body. Consumption, right? I mean, we we live in this world, you know, of just... I mean, we have so many choices, right? And kind of everything is... um, so much that we can choose based on our own preferences, and, and so it's this idea that so much sometimes that our commitment to our church feels a lot like our commitment to the local gym. You guys remember this when we think about our own standards and how, like, what, what, like, the kind of gym that I would pay for, and what are the perks, what, 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 what are my expectations when I join a gym, and a lot of times we bring that idea, that kind of that, that sense of consumerism into church but we don't come as consumers like we're not here as consumers we're here as communers communion the common union with god and with each other again because of what christ has done his death and the power of the holy spirit and sanctification man this is this one's tough It's the life of the Christian in in the struggles of just wrestling through life, but sanctification. So just a reminder, what is sanctification? It's an an inward thing that the Holy Spirit does. It's an inward thing, but it brings about change outwardly, right? The fruit of sanctification is also, there's an outward physical change, a transformation of the heart that frees us from sin and causes us to have a deepening uh, affection for Christ-like affections. So for the body, for communion, and for sanctification, the church. Today, we're going to touch on kind of like a fourth reason or a fourth thing about the church. And it's not distinct from these previous three. It's actually kind of a development of, uh, of those three. But the fourth reason that the church exists, is missions. Now, you might have your own idea of what missions is when I say that word. Um, but we know that Jesus, when just before he you know, was, was taken up into heaven, he commissioned his disciples. And in effect, he commissioned all believers. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is calling us to missions. But the passage that Mike read for us today in Matthew chapter 9, it gives us a window into Jesus' own heart for missions. And that's what we want to focus on today. Jesus' heart for missions. I'm going to read it again. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, right? He's going, he's going. He went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord, to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus' heart for mission. When Jesus saw the crowds who were harassed and helpless They were like sheep without a shepherd. He had what? Because you don't see it here. He had compassion. Jesus had compassion. And it's his compassion, that's his heart in ministry. And that's Jesus' heart in missions. And again, he went throughout all the different cities and the villages because his heart went out to the people. Now, a little, bit of, a little bit of Greek. We always like to hear a little bit of Greek, right? Jesus, his, his emotion, when we, when we read that word compassion, now in the Greek it is splachin, no, splachnizomai, splachnizomai. Yeah, um, and what that word really refers to is bowels or kidneys, like this, these innards. Splachnizomai. It literally means to yearn in the viscera or in the bowels. This deep gut level yearning. This is compassion. When Jesus sees the crowds, he has this, ah, this splachnizomai. This is his heart. He feels for them. They, they, in a sense, they grab him Deeply, they, 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 they reach him. And so this is the reason for Christian missions. Is this seeking to have Jesus's heart for compassion. Jesus's heart of compassion. So you, you, you see this, right? Jesus, as he's doing ministry, as he's calling sinners to repentance, he's not motivated by this, like, oh, you're gross. You're, you're gross in your sin. Let me, help, let me help clean you up. He doesn't have that attitude of let me, let me get you right. It's splachnizomai. It's compassion. And it's not even like the sense, like, I'm the king, and so therefore, like, you got you to gotta bow down to me. And you know, in, in reality, like there is that truth, but that's not the that's not his you know, like that's not what we see as far as his, his motivation. Like he's he's reaching down, he's coming down to the people. Compassion. Jesus feels for people, and that is this principle that we can gain together today for missions. And so if we are the church, right, if we are a community of Christ followers, then we are here for each other, the body, for communion with God and with each other, for sanctification, and with his heart for the lost, for the broken, also for missions. And you know, in the context of Matthew chapter 9, It's really interesting. Jesus says this, but what he doesn't say in this context, he doesn't say, therefore, go. Actually, what he says is, therefore, pray. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. He didn't say, therefore, go. He actually said, therefore, pray. Pray earnestly. So let us see together today that it is crucial before we try to let go and do anything, we first need to have our hearts aligned to Jesus. Hearts aligned with Jesus. Jesus is therefore pray. And we pray for Jesus' heart of compassion. So that's really it for me today, guys. And we're going to do that. We're going to pray together today. But before we pray, we need to hear a little bit more context, some of the missions, some of the ministries that we as King's Cross are formally partnering with. So I want to invite uh, Corey to come up. Now, Corey is the, uh, the, what's the right word, leader, director? Director, awesome, of Young Life uh, it's a ministry that reaches out to, really, to the unchurched, the unchurched youth, um, and that can be from high school through college. And so he's uh, he's here setting up that ministry. So Corey, thanks for being here. The floor is yours.
2: Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, good to see you guys again. Uh, this is my second opportunity to be able to uh, talk in front of King's Cross Church, which is one of our closest and first partner when it comes to uh, church partnerships for the launching of Young Life in Korea. And so just to give you a little bit of background about myself, um, originally grew up in the Midwest United States, a little state called Iowa. Uh, If you don't know where that is, it's five hours west of Chicago. So kind of gives you a good um, kind of geographical uh, data point for you. Joined the military when I was 19 years old. That's how I ended up in Southern California. Was in Southern California all the way up until 2006 or 17, excuse me. Um, serving as a director for a young life ministry in, in the city of San Clemente, which is like a town uh, south Orange County. And so, if anybody ever asks me where I'm from in the United States, I always say Southern California. I don't really talk about Iowa, even though Iowa is a beautiful place. Uh, much colder than, uh, than than Korea, and sometimes hotter too. Um, in Southern California, I um, served as a, as a Young Life director and then was called out to Korea in 2017, not to start Young Life, um, but just to handle some other business. And during that time, I had the opportunity um, to open up a training center working with high school and middle school-aged Korean-speaking baseball players uh, doing strength and conditioning. And so I was in the fitness, fitness industry for a little bit, and then as I kind of found my way here in Korea, got, got through, I think, uh, 1.25 levels at Yonsei uh, uh, Korean Academy. So that kind of tells you where my Korean level is at. Had the opportunity to practice that broken Korean uh, with some really cool middle school, high school aged um, athletes and their families. And then right around 2019, I started um, having conversations with the international folks at Young Life Um, and they wanted me to uh, come on part-time staff to kind of spearhead um, the starting of the organization out here. And so just a little bit of backdrop on that. Um, Young Life was around in like the early, like late 70s, 79. And then um, it ceased to exist in Korea in in 1989 because the director was told by his parents that it was time to get a real job. And so that's kind of been my journey all going through Uh, this ministry is like, so what do you do, like what's your real job, hanging out with young people, that type of thing, all right? And so um, the mission statement of Young Life, if you guys haven't heard it before, is to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and to help them grow in their faith, all right? Um, keep in mind, we, we, we use the term adolescence very, very um, specifically. Adolescence, as you know, is, a, is um, the term where, you know, you transition from childhood to adulthood, but recent Um, Studies on childhood development say that process starts at about 11 with physical changes, and then when it comes to the cognitive, mental, you know, tightening up of of self-actualization. For women, it it tends to fall in the ages of 23, and young men sometimes 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, that type of thing. And so we really want to focus on helping middle schoolers, and then all the way up to undergraduates, maybe the first two years, like 25, 26, we're really trying to cut it off when it comes to university ministry. Um, Young Life is based on the idea of going out into the community and reaching them on their turf. And so we don't want to be able, we don't we're not a youth group where we just say like, hey, come and worship God. There's definitely a place for that. And we want to encourage that, especially Christian kids, that as, excuse me, um, as we... As kids um, end up meeting Jesus, we want to um, funnel them into the local church eventually um, through discipleship and all that good stuff. Uh, But our organization is built directly towards reaching kids who are outside of the church and making friends with them on their territory. And so um, I want to play for you guys a quick video on what that looks like. Um, Just to give you a little bit of context, uh, there's a lot of videos out there um, that kind of give an overview of what Young Life is but it's pretty like Western-centric, all right? Like literally, like the handbook in the United States is to like get a couple of adult committee members, um, pray for a high school, train some volunteers, go to the high school, and then like during a football game, you know, American football game, like pull out the grills and then give hot dogs and hamburgers out to kids. And then as you meet them, you know, start, you know hanging out in the community wherever like the Boys and Girls Club we'd usually volunteer at. We'd um, meet kids at the um, the handball courts like we'd go play handball after school just as a group of adults and You know after doing that for a few weeks kids begin to notice you. You start remembering their names. You start building relationships It's very very like kind of relaxed um, a lot of free time involved um, Asia is a 100% different animal and so I'm going to show you guys a video from Young Life in Hong Kong. They've been around for about 10 years, and they've been doing some pretty cool stuff over there. Hong Kong, Singapore, um, and Taiwan, and Japan are kind of in that East Asia category where um, education is highly regarded, takes up most of young people's time. And so I want to go ahead and show you one of their videos kind of on what what that looks like in Hong Kong. So in your mind, we don't have any videos yet. I've only been on full-time staff for like four months, but whenever you hear the word Hong Kong, just say... Korea, Seoul.
3: From the moment young people are born into this culture, they are immediately put on a treadmill. A treadmill where they have to run and strive with no clear goal in mind. A treadmill that tells them their worth is only measured by their performance. A treadmill that isolates and never ends. If we're honest, this is something we have all felt before. We believe that the power of relationships can change lives At Hong Kong Young Life, we are committed to stepping into the world of youth, meeting them where they're at, and running alongside them through Christ-centered, authentic relationships. Using one-to-one discipleship, rooted in biblical truths, tailored leadership training, and community outreach, we are investing into the next generation of leaders with hope, purpose, and belonging. Our mission to serve and invest in the youth of Hong Kong is more relevant now than ever before.
0: We need you.
1: More importantly, the youth and the future of our city needs you.
3: To find out how you can partner with us, email us today at contact at hongkongyounglife.org.
2: Korea. Seoul. All right, so just the idea of what Young Life Ministry is going to look like in Korea. It's going to be radically different from anything you're going to find in Canada, Europe, you know, California, Texas even. And so um, just to kind of—one um, other thing that I want to kind of um, highlight is that Pastor John was talking about, like, missionaries being on mission. All right, this idea, it's like I really, really—like, when we, have, we had our leadership meeting last night, volunteer leadership meeting, and I really wanted to drive home the idea— is that we are domestic missionaries, all right? Like we are in a, in a in a city, we're in Seoul, we live here, and we want to study the culture, we want to figure out what young people are reading, the TV shows that they're watching, the music that they're listening to, and any kind of common ground that we can make with these young people and and, and engage them there versus us making something and having them conform uh, to what we think they need. And so the idea of, being a missionary, like, you don't send, you know, a, um, a church plant um, to, like, Hungary or something like that without going in there and doing a little bit of research. And so we're, what are we doing? We're looking at TikTok videos. We're, you know, <laughs> we're finding out what YouTubers and influencers th- they're watching, all right? Like, I'm watching a lot of um, Korean Netflix, like, much more than when I first moved here. And just anything that we can do to really understand like what's in their heart, what's making them tick, that's the attitude of humility we want to come at young people in Seoul with, all right? And so just to give you guys a little bit of an update of what's going on right now, um, obviously uh, the pandemic situation is making things very, very difficult. This is probably, um, I talked to a couple of staff uh, last week and they're like, how in the world do you think you're going to start a ministry like Young Life where it's all based on getting together, felt, you know, hanging out, you know, doing things as a group um, during the middle of the pandemic. It's like, I'm not 100% sure, but all I know is that I'm here. God's called me here and I'm doing this. We have a group of like five volunteers who are bilingual, who are um, getting trained and they're ready to go. Um, so it's, it's all about God's timing. And actually the time that we can actually build our relationships, build our team um, has been very, very, very fruitful and very, very cool to just you Know, do the training and get to know each other, know each other better. So that's kind of where we're at. We're at a holding pattern. Um, we had um, a partnership set up with KUMFA. All right, KUMFA, if you don't, if you remember, was uh, the Korean Unwed Mothers and Families Association. And so, not working with the unwed mothers themselves, but the, the kids, the middle school and high school age kids of those unwed mothers. Um, that partnership still stands, but they're very, very protective of, of their students, um, rightfully so. And so, they're looking at maybe like June doing an event type situation and so we're kind of in a situation we kind of either we have to wait for the pandemic to turn or we have to get a little bit more creative and then another thing that we kind of learned is that about 70 percent of the kids from kumfa actually live outside of Seoul okay which is going to make it very difficult to kind of build something around them and so we've committed that we're going to be working with them in whatever capacity we can, especially with the kids that are living in Seoul. Um, but the idea is we have to kind of shift the, the vision of our ministry a little bit to start thinking a little bit more geographically. And so we've been reaching out to uh, like Daean like, Hakkyo's um, alternative schools, uh, working with North Korean refugees, um, Chinese uh, half Chinese, half North Korean refugees, and then um, actually kind of looking for any kind of a situation where there's Um, young people that are kind of coming from trouble situations and seeing if we can volunteer at a center there. And then from there, um, the kind of the dream, uh, strategic move would be if we had a a college that was close by that we could start university outreach at and then develop leaders where we can really, you know, kind of come at it from middle school, high school, university, all in one area. And then once leaders, or once um, we uh, figure out who like um, in the university, would be down to be volunteer leaders, kind of funnel them back into that center, and kind of have something working together. So that's the, the strategic vision of it, and I think that could be really cool. It's just a matter of us uh, getting together, praying, and then uh, making sure that we're um, meeting all the people that we can meet and asking God for the next steps in that. And so um, when it comes to any kind of needs, if any of you guys have any like connections with any of these types of alternative schools, or if you have friends who are professors and who are christians or who are university students themselves like i would love to hang out with you guys go and grab coffee go and grab lunch and just talk about like what's going on at the universities what's going on at these um, alternative schools if there's a space where we can come and serve that alternative school or serve that university that's really going to be the first step Um, I know that universities are kind of on a 50-50% chance of whether they're gonna be back in school uh, this coming March. Um, we're hopeful that they do come back, but even if they don't, we know that there are some students still on campus and some of them are probably gonna be Christian. We kinda of wanna start with the Christian students first and then give them the vision of reaching the university um, through their networks, through their friends. Um, also, one thing um, that we talked about last night during our leadership training, like. We want to go after the least of these, like the kids from, I think the term that is used is economic minorities in Korea, because they really really need someone in their lives. But the big overall vision is, how are we going to reach um, just a typical Korean student that wakes up in the morning, brushes their teeth, jumps on a bus, goes to school for six hours, gets out, eats a kimbap, right? And then runs to uh, their next hagwon, for the hours and hours and hours, like how are we going to be able to reach those kids, and we talk about, you know, that verse in John chapter 9, where Jesus has he looked upon the multitudes and had compassion, like every single time I'm on a bus, and it's about 3.15, and like you see the older people getting nervous on the bus, because they see the crowd of middle school boys that are waiting at that bus stop, and that how loud they're going to be, and how scary it's going to be for them, and they get on, and they're shouting, and you know, usually like kind of play fighting and everything like that. That's when my heart, that's when my innards are like, oh, these these <laughs> these young people, they don't have any place to just like be themselves. They don't have a place to like live in a world where um, the performance is 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 what their what their worth is. And so, like, if any of you guys have any insight or any thoughts, I would love to start like a think tank, so to speak, of like a couple of people to get together and like really drill in like how we're going to reach not just the least of these, which are very, very important, very close to God's heart, but every single young person. If we give them opportunity to get with a volunteer leader that cares for them, doesn't want anything from them, doesn't expect them to perform, but just wants to be there for them, um, how, how awesome would that be? Um, the statistics say that only about 7% of, of young people under the age of 23 years old consider their faith as something that's important in their lives in in Korea right now, all right? You can bet that Korea as a whole, like there's a Bible belt kind of like on the, I think on the southwest coast, like near Pohang and everything like that, but in Seoul, what's that number you think? You know, 1.5 million students, like 2% maybe, all right? There's there's so many young people uh, that need to hear about Jesus, that need a, a person in their lives that can help them experience what that looks like. And that's what we want to try and have a, play a part in. Um, and just another thing, on Tuesday nights at 9.30 p.m., the, me and the volunteers, will get together and we'll just start praying for random schools, praying for random universities, uh, praying for each other. If you guys want to jump in on that, it, we do a hard 9.35 start and we end at 10. Uh, the more people that pray, um, uh, I really believe uh, God, God starts to move. And so uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, if you have any questions at all, like, come snag me after, after service. I'd love to, love to share more. Thanks. Thank you, Corey, for sharing with
0: us um, about Young Life. We are very grateful as a church to partner with you. And we are committed, uh, as indicated in our vision, that we desire to see our city reach out with the gospel. Uh, I'm also here to sh- bring you uh, uh, some of what the church has been doing uh, in mission outside uh, Korea. Um, the church for the past uh, four years has been involved in missions in Nepal. Um, you know that 39% of the world population today have never heard the gospel. And uh, that every day there's an increase of 60,000 people, every day, an increase of 60,000 daily who have never heard the gospel. This is a statistics from uh, OM. And also, if you look at Nepal, Nepal is... Uh, has a population of 30 million people, which is equivalent to 274 people groups. People groups are like tribes. They share culture together. And uh, out of these 30 million, 96% of them do not know Christ. This is equivalent to 264 tribes. So, they have the challenge, of course, of other religions. We have, for example, Hinduism, which is the most common uh, religion in, the, in Nepal. And Christians are, especially the adherent Christians, are only 2%. And out of these 2%, 5% are evangelical. So, we can imagine how greater need they have to see the gospel being preached in the nation of Nepal. And as a church, God has called us to participate in the Great Commission, as indicated in Matthew 28, uh, 18 to 20, that we may go and make disciples of all nations. And this is, of course, our core value as a church to see the gospel being preached not only in our city, but also to the nations, the world. Psalms 2 8 says, Ask of me of a nation. That God has promised us to ask of Him of nations. He says, Ask of me of a nation, and I'll give, I'll make the nation your inheritance, and the ends of the heart your possession. So pr- through Pastor Samin, God has opened a door for us as a church uh, as we partner with Pastor Nabu. Pastor Nabu is heading a church in Nepal, Kathmandu is the capital city. So they've been working together since 2017. And King Cross has been supporting them monthly since then. And from one church of Pastor Nabu, he has been able to to grow over other three churches with the enriched people uh, within Nepal, especially those ones who live within the mountains. You know, uh, there are so many people living in the mountains which, is not, which, uh, which are not accessible. So we are so much grateful how God is using uh, Pastor Nabu to multiply uh, many across Nepal. So, King Cross has a commitment and a vision uh, to partner with Pastor Nabu, continue to see church planting continuing in Nepal. And as a church today, we want to welcome you and be part of what God is doing in Nepal. We want to invite you to participate in prayer and continue giving and in our church website we've uh, set up a project for Nepal we would like to give them and support them what they're doing and we have a short update through a video from Pastor Nabu so at this point I welcome you to
4: see the video Hi, all my uh, brothers and sisters from the uh, King Christ Church, I'm Pastor Narbu from Nepal, here, yeah, I'm just uh, making this video to be thankful for uh, uh time for prayer and financial support that we have been receiving from the King Christ Church uh, for the ministry that we have been doing here in Nepal, so through this House of Church. As you know, the I'm uh, the pastor of this House of Church, so this House of Church, which is in the capital city in the middle of Nepal. It was established in 2016, January 30, and a few days before we had six uh, birthday anniversary of the church that we were able to celebrate. Uh, And our church mission uh, statement is uh, come to go. And from the very beginning uh, that uh, we really invite people in the church uh, and then also try to uh, focus and leadership and discipleship uh, to let them go uh, for ministry for His kingdom. And uh, this is how uh, when we were growing in number, as I, as I said that our church, which was established here in, in the beginning, we were just only five families. Uh, but slowly, when God added more numbers. Uh, within the church uh, from the different places of Nepal and then from the different ethnicity, and they became our strength to reach out in the different places. So, this is how we have been doing ministry and uh, so planting churches in the different places. And this is all uh, so through the uh, member that we have, and so through them, we are trying to uh, build up our relationship with their community from their places and we are trying to uh, plan. And right now, as uh, so we have more uh, ordained members and uh, in the coming future, we are praying and planning to ordain more uh, leaders. Uh, we need to cover these places. And uh, so these are the places where our church members uh, are connected and we are trying to build up our relationship over there. So uh, having all said all this, we, thankful for all the support that you have been doing and pray continuously uh, for each ministry and as we are planting more uh, we have to support more uh, leaders uh, that's why we are really in need of uh, more uh, financial resources to support more workers and thank you uh, for all the things you have been doing for us for His ministry for His glory and honor So ladies, name be praise and honor. Thank you. So much grateful
0: uh, to Pastor Nabu and his team, how God uh, is using them, their commitment, and their passion for the gospel to reach out to the 96% of the Nepali people who have not heard of the gospel. Of course, uh, uh, we've been supporting them, and uh, our support has been going to mainly supporting their staff and also their operational costs. They are looking forward to have their own um, sanctuary. So they are one of the projects they are trusting God to be able to have a land and build a, a sanctuary. So at this point, I want us to pray um, for the missions in Nepal. We pray for the Pastor Nabu and his team. Uh, especially the needs they have for their project, and also that God will continue to use them, be the light, the rise of Nepali. And also we'll be praying for young life at this point where they have, uh, they're have they still on transition, are uh, they set up and stay, uh, be stable. We want to also pray for them that God will use them mightily in this city. So I'll invite you to stand and uh, let's have a minute and just pray over them. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for missions, O oh Lord, in Nepal and in this city. That you opened it, O oh God, for us as a church to be used as a light and soul of God. that The gospel, O oh God, will be preached to all nations. Then the end will come, O oh Lord. This is your desire and the heart, Lord. You reveal to us. So we pray for the Nepali Church, Lord. We pray, O oh God, for the Nepali Church that you continue to increase them among the needs, O oh Lord. Oh Jesus that when you look at the people oh Lord that you had compassion over them yeah, they were like sheep without a shepherd oh Lord and so as a church you've given us an opportunity Lord that you may pass and share the love you've put in us oh God for those who are seeking oh God to know you oh Lord for many who have, don't have even an opportunity oh God to hear the gospel oh God here today, we want to lift our voices and pray on the church, oh God. The Lord will be a time, O oh God, you use us, Lord, as a vessel, O oh God Almighty, to reach out to thy people, to reach out to this city, O oh God, that it will be the light, O oh God, over this city, O oh Lord, that it will be the salt, O oh Lord, Almighty, of this city, O oh God, that no one's light is and puts under the boil, but Lord, you set on the stand that it may give light for others to see. And so we believe, oh God, as King Cross, you've set us at such a time, oh God, this place to be your light, oh God. So help us, oh Lord, as a community, as an individual, Lord, for the opportunities you've given us out there to our neighbors, to a place of work, oh God. Help us and give us heart and passion, oh God, for your people, oh Lord. Love for your people, Lord Jesus, especially this, this time of COVID, oh God. So, Lord Almighty, we pray that, oh God, will be the light. That, oh God Almighty, oh Lord, your gospel will be preached over this city, oh God. The young people, oh Lord Almighty, who have no one, oh God, to walk with, Lord, we thank you for young life, that you will use young life, Lord. As a, as, a, as a platform, Lord, to reach out to them, Lord, to give them a hope for tomorrow, Lord, a hope, oh Lord, oh my, they can live, oh Lord, and look unto you, Jesus, for you are our faithful, and you, oh God, you so care for each one of them, Lord, and for Pastor Nabo and the team in Nepal, oh God, we leave them to you, Jesus, Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful work you've given them, the courage, the love and the passion you've continued, Lord, to put in their hearts, O oh Lord, that you remember them, Lord, at this time. O oh God Almighty, and bless the work of their hands, Lord. May they find strength and courage, Lord, to continue to proclaim your word without fear, O oh God that you continue to increase their number, Lord Almighty, oh that they will grow and minister to these three churches and areas around, oh God, where they are trusting you, Lord, to plant churches, Lord. So, Lord, we pray, the Lord of oh God, you will expand them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.